Hello and welcome back to Interfilm Recommends, a podcast for film club leaders which explores new and classic titles for you to use with your clubs. So my name's Michael and this week I'm joined by Eleanor. Hello. And we're from the programming team here at Interfilm. So last term we started creating these podcasts to complement your film club selection and viewing, uh, with each episode focusing specifically on either primary or secondary titles. So there are eight available to download from SoundCloud. If you search into film, they'll all come up. And there are a load of other resources linked on those episodes as well, such as film lists and film guides. So we've got seven more podcasts scheduled up to December, taking a break for the Interfilm Festival in November. We've also altered our format slightly for these new episodes. We're going to explore a new on DVD release, followed by some highlights from an associated film list, and finally we're going to be looking at some new in cinema titles. So today's episode is Interschool, and the theme appropriately is all about school life and the kind of different elements that we have within that. And we're going to be exploring titles for use with secondary age clubs. So why school, you might ask? Well, firstly, it is a brilliant time to remind students the value of school, Um, and of education and of learning as well as they hopefully return full of optimism and of eagerness whether they're uh, transitioning from primary to secondary schools um, heading into their final year before doing exams or even grasping the fundamentals in their first years at school but beyond this um, school is a fascinating subject to explore for different reasons whether it's inspirational teachers the value of education Uh, anti-bullying as well, or simply the joy of school life. Our featured film today will be the wonderful new release, Sing Street, and then we're going to look at highlights from our specially curated School on Film list. Um, And these are Etre et Awa, Election, and He Named Me Malala, before we turn our attention to what's new in cinema. So the first film we're talking about today is Sing Street. It's a 12 certificate film, and we're into film recommended for audiences aged 11 plus. Um, and it is set in the 1980s, um, and it's a Dublin set film about a boy called Connor who is 15 and who is made to change to a new school to save money. Um, there's more plot details available on interfilm.org if you want to read a bit more about what happens in the story. So at first, things seem a bit bleak for Connor. The film actually shows his first day at his new school, which is called Sing Street, and it's shown in very kind of running the gauntlet style. But when he notices a girl he's keen to impress, his creativity is set in motion with the help of a band formed on the fly. It's inspired by the director John Carney's own experiences, although it's not strictly autobiographical. This film really captures a very specific time. It's a a turning point in Connor's life, but it's also kind of really kind of feeding off all the influences that surround him. Rock and roll is a risk. You risk being ridiculed. But I don't know how to write a song. Close that door and sit down. Really? It's gonna be a long life. Of school in the morning. This is school. So as you can hear there, the older brother, Brendan, who's played by Jack Rayner, um, is really superb in the role. He brings a lot of warmth. There's a real connection between the two boys. And uh, there's a real hint of uh, Jack Black or Seth Rogen, someone like that, about him and the way he is looked up to by Connor. Absolutely. And you can really get the sense that they're kind of both helping one another through this difficult time that they're having at home with their connection and kind of just starting this new project of this band that Connor is, um, is trying to get together. Um, there's so much of this film that many of us will connect to, and I think one of the real strengths of it is that it's got this real kind of sense of possibility that we have when we, when we go to secondary school, where it's this kind of place that can really shape and define your identity. 
So as well as getting all of his musical influences from his older brother, Connor really has to kind of establish himself in what seems at times like quite a hostile environment. There's this kind of sense of all the different tribes that exist at school. And there's this real kind of um, humour about how the young people define themselves with all the kind of music, fashion, films, such as Back to the Future, which they reference quite a lot. And Connor and his friends are kind of leading the way. Um, and there's a little bit here which I find uh, one of my favourite moments in the film where he's trying to explain his new rebellious look to the head teacher. What's going on? With what? This. Oh, well, I checked the rule book, the, the one you mentioned about brown shoes, and I couldn't find anything about makeup or altering hair colour. Oh, no. I painted these with paint from the art room. Head down to the toilet and remove the makeup right now. Why? Because I told you to. I'm in a band. It's a skill band. And I think it's important that we have a look. You're a man. Men don't wear makeup. As well as affection, the film doesn't sugarcoat the time, and there are darker undercurrents beneath the nostalgia. There are some troubling issues to do with abuse of power in Connor's new school, as well as some casual racism, although this is quickly shown as ridiculous by the character it concerns. There is also, of course, Connor's family issues, which stem from the fact that divorce was not permitted at the more conservative society of the time. Sing Street is joyous and it is music filled with with really great great songs, um, but there, as you say, there is a real um, undertone of melancholy really, um, never more so than perhaps with with Brendan, the older brother, and uh, what could have been with with his life. Absolutely, this film really embraces the kind of way that you can use the power of creativity to turn a situation around to your advantage and to help you deal with your issues. So for Connor, music is his outlet. And young people really relate to his eager consumption of all the things that surround him to help him process his own feelings and create his own artwork. And I really love that this film has got a very positive kind of DIY, just do it aesthetic in all of the filmmaking, in the costumes, the way that they create their lyrics. It really can't help but put a smile on your face. So let's talk a little bit about the music itself. The director, John Carney, has got a real track record of creating these type of films that are specifically about music and the music process. And he's done that in his previous films, Once and Begin Again. And the songs here are really well constructed and you really do get a sense that this is a director who knows exactly what he's doing and has really perfected the skill of displaying that on screen. So as well as the lyrics uh, replicating what you might expect to hear from teenage boys and the different influences that they have, be it family or um, friendships or love interests, it's the style of the music and how this is presented on screen. Uh, so this song is uh, Drive It Like You Stole It. It's perhaps the most upbeat of the lot. Sounds like a proper pop song and really, uh, really is addictive to listen to, actually. Um, it arrives at a point in the film where you're really ready to hear something like that. Um, there's a point beforehand where Connor and Rafinha uh, discuss the lyrics to this song and what they mean um, and why uh, he's written them. Now, these lyrics aren't in this clip here, but perhaps you could get your students to discuss the rest of the lyrics to this song or one of the other songs and um, suggest what the meanings might be behind them.
as you can tell, this film has got so many possibilities for discussions around PSHE, around literacy, and of course, one of the main kind of drives of the film is obviously the music. Um, so we've got Rico here from Education Team, who is going to tell us a little bit more about ways that you can kind of analyse music in film, use it as a springboard for more learning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was really interesting what um, you were saying earlier about using the lyrics to start to uh, look at a film. And that would be something that we've, that we've done in our music CPD sessions, um, which are available for, for all film clubs, uh, teachers to sign up to those. And it's where you can listen to, uh, listen to us talking about film, either via a video course or an online learning course, or you can um, use a scene from the film as a text, as a kind of a springboard, and analysing the music in that film to, to learn more about the film itself and, and literacy. So what might you cover, and can you give us an example yeah. of a film you've used and, and how you might have used it? Sure, so um, Spotlight on Music is a, a new resource, and one of the key films for that is West Side Story, and it's on a, a lot of GCSE syllabuses as well. Um, and it's an absolutely brilliant film, because so much of it is done, so much storytelling is done through sound and through Foley sound, rather than dialogue, and songs as well. So the songs will lead the action as much as any of the, uh, the dialogue does. So in Sing Street, we have our young men, they form a band, kind of like for their self-expression. Um, do you have a practical way for young people to engage with music? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, our Interfilm School of Rock occasional workshop sessions are all about that, all about giving young um, aspiring musicians, inexperienced musicians, a chance to form bands and to create original soundtracks to silent film clips. So this is something actually that we've done all over the UK this year and hoping to do more of as well. So yeah, it's exciting workshop to be a part of. So we've also got Kofi from our education team with us today. And Kofi's going to talk a little bit more about different uh, films, classic titles you can use uh, with your clubs and in school yep. settings. Yep. Thanks very much for having me in the show, first of all, Michael and Eleanor. Thank you. Lovely to see you. Uh, so as part of our School of Rock uh, programme, which is teaching young people how to soundtrack clips from films, a lot of the analysis involved in that is just looking at classic films and seeing how they utilise sound. A really good game that we play with young people is called Sound On, Vision Off. And if we take a classic film like the Austin Mills film, Touch of Evil, we've shown that to young people and only played them the sound and the sound design and the music actually from a clip there. And what we found in that is that young people very correctly managed to build up the narrative of the film just from hearing the sound. So you're what, asking them questions and they have to work out what is it exactly? Yeah, well, we, we, we'll ask them a series of questions just including stuff like where do you think this is set? What kind of genre do you think the film is? Do you think it's in colour or black and white? What do you think is going on in the story? You know, and uh, we did a session with some kids in Croydon and we played them the sound clip from Touch of Evil and most of the kids said, yeah, we think it's a black and white film set in the 1940s, it's a thriller. Might be some element of sort of Latin America or Mexico. And they were pretty much right, you know. They'd managed to detect what was going on in the narrative from just the sound. I think it's the power of music and sound. <laughs> So another angle that we are exploring with our School on Film list is inspirational teachers. Um, and a film that I really love that really kind of highlights the power that a teacher can have over you know, young people's lives is the French documentary Etre et Avoir. 
Um, so this is a use certificate film. We recommend it for audiences of 7+. There's nothing offensive in it at all, but obviously it is a subtitled film. Um, and it's just a really heartwarming documentary that observes a term in um, a rural school where one teacher is responsible for all of the students in the village. And it's a real kind of tone change from the other films that we've been looking at in the list. It's, um, it's kind of much more gentle, and it kind of shows how one person can really influence and look after the people that they're responsible for. Um, so he's got these kind of um, varied age groups that he's looking after. There's children from 4 to 12 years old, and they're all of differing abilities. It's quite similar in feel to another documentary that we've got on our catalogue called School of Babel. On the other hand, it's a real contrast to films like The Class, another French-language film, um, or To Sue With Love, where it's more riotous with the students and the classrooms being really overcrowded and a little bit out of control, really. Absolutely, and you kind of really see this kind of um, personal connection this teacher has with the students. And kind of by its very nature, it's a much more kind of pastoral kind of film, um, you know, they're in this rural setting. There's so few of them, actually. There's only 13 students in his whole school, and he's mm-hmm. the one teacher that looks after them all. And so he knows them all personally, and they all kind of emerge as characters in their own right throughout the course of the film. And it's just a really heartwarming film to kind of watch how these children develop and how he kind of really opens up their ideas and kind of gets them to engage even when you know they might be having issues at home or might be feeling nervous about kind of moving on to the big school in the next village or things like that. So you get a real sense of the kind of dynamics of a small community, as well as the kind of um, impact that one person can have over so many young people's lives. So next up is Election, uh, rated 15 and 14+. And this is a brilliant satire from indie director Alexander Payne. Uh, uh, set in a high school, we see Tracy Flick, who is, uh, appears to be the perfect pupil, uh, running unopposed, initially unopposed, for student body president. But her teacher, Jim McAllister, uh, persuades somebody else to run against her because of this long-standing grudge he has against Tracy. Uh, this is an introduction to Tracy and all the things she's very, very good at. Tracy Flick. Tracy Flick. I'd seen a lot of ambitious students come and go over the years, but Tracy Flick, she was a special case. Some people say I'm an overachiever, but I think they're just jealous. My mom always tells me I'm different, you know, special. And if you look at all the things I've accomplished so far, I think you'd have to agree. So as well as being adapted from a novel, this is actually remarkably based on a true story as well about events in American high school where staff attempted to prevent a student from becoming... Homecoming Queen. And the title election, would that suggest um, a bit of a political spin on things as well? Yeah, apparently it uh, also takes a bit of um, inspiration from the 1992 presidential race where a third candidate entered uh, Bush versus Clinton. And that is one of the things that happens here. And it just sort of explores the, the chaos of, of these events, to be perfectly honest. Who put you up to this? Oh, hi, Tracy. Who put you up to this? What do you mean? You just woke up this morning and suddenly decided to run for president? No. Um, no, I, I just thought that, uh... Thought what? Well, I was talking to Mr. McAllister about my leg, and how I still want to do something for the school, and... So Mr. McAllister asked you to run? Well, um, I, I talked to him and everything, but he just said that he thought it would be a good idea. So what it does, this film, is to explore anti-bullying in a really interesting way. I think films like Whiplash have also done this in recent years, and they probably take inspiration, take their mark from Election, actually. 
So instead of something straightforward, black and white, you know, very clear uh, tale of bullying, our sympathies are actually pulled apart between Tracy and Mr McAllister. So it's not sort of peer-to-peer bullying in this film? No, so this is um, primarily between the teacher, Mr McAllister, and Tracy. And I think what the film does really well is to divide our empathy between two characters. Uh, Really, we probably should be um, firmly on Tracy's side, who appears to do very little wrong. And yet the casting of Matthew Broderick, uh, who of course played Ferris Bueller, the uh, quintessential um, rebel, if you like, (laughs) as Mr McAllister, you know, helps us gravitate towards that character. Alexander Payne has made other films uh, with his really dark humour, things like Sideways and Descendants, and Election really is packed full of it. Um, And there are also other anti-bullion films on the film list, things like Easy A and GBF, which um, put a slightly different slant on the anti-bullying angle and explore a more modern take on the subject. So to wrap up our film list today, we have um, the very inspiring documentary He Names Me Malala. And the reason we've included this in our list is obviously it is showing the power of a young person to affect change. And of course, it is all about access to education and how important that is. And it also opened our uh, Interfilm Festival last year. So we're really, um, really behind this film, really believe in it and, and really like it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, quite, it's got quite a nice broad age range as well. It's a difficult PG. It's suitable for audiences of 11 plus, we would say. And it's just so accessible and really kind of grapples with these themes. So Malala is famous as a young woman who was targeted by the Taliban for speaking out in defence of universal education when schools were being closed to girls in her area. Um, And this is such an important issue. um, And she really kind of gets to grips with why this was important. She's, you know, we get a little bit of um, detail here about kind of what that atmosphere was like at the time. Every night you would hear the noises of the bomb blast, And in the morning, the school was no more there. So as many of us are aware, Malala herself was the target of the Taliban and was shot at while on the bus to school. Um, And it's incredible for us to think about that uh, even this act of just trying to get an education could be such a great risk for a young person. Um, And it's her incredible survival and her recovery and her rehabilitation here in England that is kind of shown in this film. And despite her high profile, this documentary really manages to get below the surface and try and engage with her as a kind of normal girl. So we see her going to school in her new home of Birmingham. Um, She's just about to take her GCSEs and she's even shown as being a bit nervous, even despite her monumental achievement, which is, um, you know, it kind of gets you to have a bit of connection with her, um, as well as uh, teasing her younger siblings at home. I like the the little digressions that it explores. So there's something about the meaning behind her name as well. Yeah, absolutely. There are these lovely kind of animated sections that kind of bring to life moments of her story. And this legendary Malalai character, who is a young woman who went out into the battlefield to rally troops uh, and ended up inspiring a victory in um, the 1880s Afghan war against the British troops. Um, And her father gave her this name. And this is kind of something that kind of is really referenced in the title of the film, He Named Me Malala which is all about the influence that her father has over her and the fact that he chose this name um, that sort of gives her this power, links her in with this amazing history, but he didn't realise quite how prophetic it would actually end up being. Yeah, I like that, these ideas of destiny and just how, you know, how fueled that was by him and whether he is, you know, just very supporting or overly encouraging. 
Yeah, and he's another one of these kind of inspirational teachers that we see. And you can see that she has this real love of learning and he himself set up his own school and, and he's inspired her and kind of sort of sort of forged a path for her to follow, which is really interesting in contrast to her mother, who also appears on screen, but is actually um, shown as someone who, who didn't manage to get an education and kind of, as a result, is, is shown to be quite isolated, especially in their new home in England. So it's a really lovely documentary in so many ways. You know, it shows her with her family. It kind of does deal with, you know, the more difficult issues that she's had to come across in her life and the kind of risks that she's taken. Mm -hmm. um, but it's ultimately very uplifting. Um, it's all about the importance of education. Despite the fact so many people might take their education for granted, um, this young woman nearly lost her life to retain this basic human right. This film really encourages young people to realise the value of their education and how much it empowers them. And it kind of rallies them to stand up for themselves and for others who may not be as lucky. It really reminds us that in areas all over the world, children are missing out on an education because their rights are being swept aside by conflict. And I think it's really appropriate now that we hear a couple of words from one of Malala's famous speeches. Let us pick up our books and our pens. They are our most powerful weapons. One child, one teacher, one book, and one pen can change the world. Just one final note here. So the director, Davis Guggenheim, previously made another documentary called Waiting for Superman. And this is all about the American education system and what happens when institutions put systems in place that really shouldn't be there. And um, it shows us what happens when these things go wrong. And it really is a really uh, fascinating watch. So on our website, we have film guides to support many of the films that we've talked about today that are featured on our film list. Um, you can find them on interfilm.org um, and we'll also be including all of the links um, in the comments section on SoundCloud. Uh, we've also got a lovely interview um, between Malala and Emma Watson, which was recorded at last year's Interfilm Festival, which you can see on Get Into Film on our YouTube. So a new feature to the podcast for this term are new in cinema titles. So at the end of each episode, we're just going to have a very quick look at some films available to watch in cinemas that we're really excited about. And of course, these be um, appropriate for the age group that the podcast is aimed at. So firstly, we have Julieta. This is released on 26th of August, uh, 15th certificate, and it's a new film from Pedro Almodovar, and it's a return to form. We've both seen it and both really liked it, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, it's absolutely lovely. Uh, and it's the same sort of themes that you might expect from Mordovar. So we've got a strong female um, reflecting on her life. There are flashbacks, some great fashion. Um, it's probably less comedic than some of his other films, but full of melodrama, full of the familiar um, twists and turns. Uh, there's a bit of loss in there as well. But we really, really recommend it for um, teenage audiences, 15+. plus. So another film we're really looking forward to is Tickled. It's a 15 certificate. It's a documentary that is all about a journalist who kind of likes to explore the weird and wonderful corners of the internet who comes across competitive endurance tickling. Uh, so he decides to try and investigate. Uh, and instead of being kind of invited into the story, he actually faces a barrage of homophobic abuse. Um, so instead of being put off, he, this kind of spurs him on to investigate further. Um, it's a really interesting documentary. It's kind of obviously got its slightly fetish elements with this kind of ticklish uh, agenda going on. Um, but it's more kind of about the sort of curiosity, the journalistic process, um, rather than kind of building a case. It kind of 
investigates the playful side of the internet, um, which kind of connects people with niche interests and things like that. But it kind of also shows you the darker side, but more kind of predatory people. It kind of gives you a bit of a warning about your cyber footprint and things like that. So all in all, really interesting to watch. And, and one to go in cold to, do you think? Is it a bit uh, sort of mysterious edge to it? Yeah, there's definitely a mystery that unravels. Um, and in fact, actually, I would almost steer away from the trailer because that does give quite a lot away. We should just say as well, if you can't catch Tickled anywhere, um, it's probably going to have a very limited release. There is nerve, another cyberbullying story about what it is to be a bystander in the modern day. And it really riffs on uh, social media and reality TV and a lot of other things that young people will um, no doubt be engaging in. It's also a very fun um, and frantic film, so I think that'll go down well with young audiences too. Another 15 rated certificate. And that's also by the directors of Catfish, which kind of, again, links in with Tickled. It's got that same kind of sort of getting to the heart of a mystery sort of storyline. So, yeah, yeah nice, nice kind of pairing there. Perfect double bill if you can find it. Okay, that's been everything for this week. I hope you've enjoyed our new format. And today's podcast has been Into School. Um, thank you so much again for um, to Rico and Kofi for joining us. Um, we'll be having lots more guests over this term and lots more exciting podcasts to look forward to. So the next podcast is Roald Dahl themed in celebration of his birthday. Uh, that will be a primary podcast. So the next episode for secondary aged clubs is in a few weeks' time where we will be having an Interfilm Festival special. So we will be previewing our strands and some of the films we've got lined up. So we're really excited to talk to you about that. In the meantime, you can find this and our previous episodes on SoundCloud. Just type in Interfilm into the search bar and do leave us any comments on Twitter and Facebook as well. Thanks very much and we'll see you next time.